Well, I don't know about you, um, and I was talking with some people earlier, but we're back into school here now, right, for about a week or two, those of us who are parents, or, or maybe you're going to school yourself. Can I just ask, are you like utterly exhausted? Like, like who here is even too tired to raise their hand? I mean, look at the exhaustion covering this room right now that, that even this, right? And, and, and this whole transition back in, it, it, it's crazy. And isn't it so easy to get immersed in the busyness of life that the future, just let it take care of itself. You know, even planning for the future can be exhausting at times. Can it should be energizing, but it could be exhausting. But what I want you to picture today, what I want you to picture today is your spiritual life. And what I mean by that is not what it is today, because you do have a spiritual life, by the way. You may be here, you might not consider yourself a Christian. You have a spiritual life. You may be here as someone who doesn't know what they believe. You have a spiritual life. You may be someone who's here today that is angry at God, has rejected God, doesn't believe in God. I believe you have a spiritual life. And I want you to picture it for a moment. Not today, but out there. We plan our education, we plan for retirement, we plan vacations, we plan in all these kinds of ways so that our future life will be better. But picture for a moment your spiritual life. And just sit with that for a moment and I'm curious what kind of picture that has for you. What does it look like? What are you doing? What kind of person are you? What new challenges are you undertaking? New character has been developed? New practices, new insights of God? Have you come to know and experience new, new passions and desires towards his will that have come to birth? Maybe you have that picture, but I want to encourage you that if you're here today and the picture is fuzzy, that it's kind of just gray, that it's something that you've never even taken time to maybe even consider on those terms before. I think you're in the company of most people. I don't think many people, and most people that I've talked to, don't really have a vision for what their spiritual life will be, but you have a spiritual life, and that spiritual life is a vital part of who you are, I would arguably say the most vital part of who you are. And more importantly, God has a picture for your spiritual life. And just like God wants to take this world somewhere, and just like God wants to take this church somewhere, and just like God wants to take you somewhere, God wants to take you spiritually somewhere. God hasn't finished with you yet. Do you like that or not? I don't know. But he isn't. 
God isn't finished with you yet. Let's see if you got it. All right? I'm going to say it. And then you're going to repeat it. I know the plans I have for you. Oh, look, they gave it to me. They gave me an easy out. All right? I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Or if you want to go old school, declares Yahweh, right? I know the plans I have for you, declares Yahweh. Plans to prosper and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Do you have it? You need to see it? Okay, he said it no. He said it no. All right, let's hear it. Ready? No, 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 come on, Kim. All right, come on. All right. Look at that. Cheating here in class. All right? See if you can say it with me. I know the plans I have for you, declares Yahweh. Plans to prosper and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Do you have it? You have it. Okay, your turn now. Go. That wasn't bad, guys. That wasn't bad. All right. All right. It's it, like any teacher will tell you, it's all about repetition. It's actually, I find, more than about repetition. It's about experience. And if you can put yourself in humiliating circumstances and then try to say it, it will so indelibly burn itself into your psyche that you will never forget it. So try to embarrass yourself with this verse sometime this week and, and see what God does in that. Right now, I don't think some of you know if I'm joking or not. Let's just kind of let that flow out there right away. Let's stand up because we are tired here today. And standing up is what we all want to do in the depth of our fatigue. And this is God's promise. Let's own it together. Give yourself a moment. Let it sink in. And listen to what God is saying. You ready? I know the plans I have for you. You got it? Own it. Because it's what God's saying. You can sit down, because like, like more than five seconds up, I mean, we're, we're beyond our max, right? No, he knows. He's got a plan. Y'all. He's got a plan for us. And you're a part of that. He's got a plan for you, and he's got a plan for your spiritual Life. God is not done with you yet. And what I absolutely love is how Paul puts this when he writes to this early church in a city called Philippi. You can read this in a book in the New Testament called Philippians where he says this. And this one, Kim, you can put on so we can all see it. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Do you know what the day of Christ Jesus is? It's the day when Jesus is going to come again. Did you know that's going to happen? It's Jesus' promise. If, if he's true to his word, there is going to come a day when he is going to return. And I don't mean he's going to like return in your heart. I don't mean that he's going to kind of like return silently. You're not going to, no, no, like, like, like the Christian faith is built on this idea that Christ is going to come down from heaven because God is not about escaping earth. God is about renewing the earth. God is about coming down from heaven to come here 
to renew us because God has started a project here and he isn't done with the project yet and you are part of that project. Do you know that you're God's project? Do you like that you're God's project? Sometimes we don't like to think that we're someone's project. But in the hands of God, consider it. That you are part of a work that God has not yet completed. And Paul says he's began a work in you. And it's good. What God has begun in you is good, and he will carry it on. God will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That means until Christ comes back, God is not finished with you. But I'm old, and I can't do anything anymore, and my caloric intake of pills beats actual food. God is not finished with you anymore. But I've sinned. I've train wrecked it. I've absolutely derailed this thing. He's begun a good work in you. And he will carry it on to completion until the day that Christ returns. Yeah, but I don't believe him anymore. I don't even want anything to do with this anymore. Yeah, I know but he isn't finished with you yet. And what he's begun in you, wherever you happen to be, what Paul says is he will carry it on. God will carry it on to completion. That it's not just some never-ending journey. It's not some never-ending saga. That God is going to bring it to the fullness and culmination of what he has planned and envisioned for you. God will carry it on until the day of Christ Jesus. That there is a goal in sight, and it is a good one. And God is in the process, in the business of molding you, of shaping you of carrying you and bringing you somewhere. And at the core of that is your spiritual life. Your relationship with him and the outcropping of all that means. God has a plan. But that doesn't mean you'll follow it. It means that you can veer from it, detour, Surrounded, And it's why Paul in this exact same letter will say this next passage that I want to show you today. So my dear friends, work out your salvation with fear and with trembling. For it's God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. It's like Paul is saying God is working in you to bring something forward and along. But work out. Work it out. Work it out with him. Take it seriously. With fear and trembling, he says. Not fear that God is going to smite you. Not fear that God is going to reject you or write you off. Not fear that somehow you're never going to be good enough and you can't impress him. Because I'm going to tell you right now, you're never going to be good enough and you can't impress him. God is not in love with you because you're good enough and because you can impress him. God, God loves you because he simply loves 
you with all your faults, with all your flaws. And praise be to God that he is the one person in the universe that we never have to hide them from. That you can be fully vulnerable in your spirit and in the character of who you are. With God, that's what it was like in the beginning. When it said that Adam and Eve used to walk with God in the cool of the day, and there's a strange line, and they were naked? And in our minds, doesn't this always run into like, well, okay, you know, it's like there are no clothes going on. Praise be to God, this is not the situation in life anymore. Would you agree? But so often we focus on the physical that we forget the spiritual. That they were spiritually naked vulnerable and transparent. No longer hide, no, not, not hiding, not posing, not covering, not shielding, not deflecting, but there in their presence with it all. It went awry, but God has come down. And what the message of salvation is all about is that God is not content to leave us or this world in its broken, hidden, corrupt state. But God has a project going on and you're a part of it. And God finishes his work. And he is going to bring it to completion in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what he invites you to do is partner with him in that to join him in the work because God saves you of his own accord. But when he does, he, enjoy, he invites you to walk alongside of him and partner with him in the work that he is doing. Have you ever done a project with someone? Have you ever done with a project with someone and it was the most glorious experience because the person you were working with knew what they were doing. They were experienced, and yet they were patient, and they were kind. And as much as they were doing the project, they were teaching you how to do it as well, giving you the skills, the lessons, the coaching, allowing you to make mistakes, and yet guiding you along the way to save you from endless frustration. Have you ever had the joy and the benefit of working alongside someone better than you in a project like that? A few of you. And those of you who have, you know the joy of what that's like. It's energizing. It's life-giving. And yet, have any of you also worked on a project where it was just like, kill me now? Right? You, you know what they call Hatred in life. Do you remember this? Where they wanted to teach you like team building in school, and so they'd assign you a group to do like a group project. Do you know what group project translates to? Find the one person who's going to do all the other work and we're going to ride along, right? <laughs> and especially if you were one doing all the work because you were the one that cared about your grade, it was miserable. Or a project where two people are working with completely different philosophies, completely different ideas, completely different outcomes in mind. Or have you ever been on a project where maybe even those things are shared, but the personalities are so caustic with each other that it's like, if I have to spend one more moment, the hammer is not hitting the nail anymore. You know what I mean? Have you been in a project like that? God is inviting you to work with him.
And he's inviting you to work with him on you. God wants to develop your spiritual life. But what happens in that kind of comes down to you. Because God is at work, make no mistake. But will you join him or will you fight him in that? And that's the decision that we all have to make. He invites us to work out our salvation. Work out this process of what he is doing in our lives with fear and with trembling, knowing that he is at work with us, but he is carrying it along. Put another way, you'll grow spiritually if you want to, but that's up to you. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. For those of you who want to grow spiritually, those of you who want to have a picture that's better defined of what the future might hold in your life with God at its core, for those of you who are desiring to partner with him in that, today I want to talk to you because I find that when I talk to most people about this, well, it's like a lot of things. You just don't know where to begin. And the problem isn't a lack of resources. The problem is, the problem is almost the opposite. There is so much out there, so much noise, so much energy, so much talk, so much possibility that you get paralyzed by options of where you can even go. Today, what I want to do is share with you six things. Six directions, ways, or platforms by which you can go about navigating your spiritual life and partnering with where God wants to take it. Now here at FOF, for those of you who are veterans, for a while now, we've been practicing something called faith training. Faith training basically is a series of, of daily or regular spiritual exercises that we encourage you to do, often kind of coded or keyed to a series or a season that we're in as a church that you can bring into your life Monday through Saturday. Because just like if you want to get physically fit, you don't work out one day a week, in the same way if you want to get spiritually fit, one hour a week at church is not really going to do it. God does not want to be at work in your life for simply an hour a week. God does not want a relationship with you for only an hour a week. God wants to be a fully present part of your life 24-7. Does that sound exhausting? I promise you, well, sometimes it is, but it's good. And out of the exhaustion of certain moments comes roots of energy and life to the full because God comes to bring life. Jesus himself said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. 
to think about it, that none of us yet, none of us now are fully alive. Have you ever grasped that? That even now as you draw breath, you are not fully alive yet. I know you can do that. I know you can do that and feel something. And yet, because of the sin and corruption in this life and in this world, we are not fully alive. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full because God has begun a good work in you. And that is a work of life. He wants to bring it to completion, to make you fully alive. And faith training is about that. It's about having a life that's strong and vital and a life, a life with Christ that's developed and growing towards the picture of what God has in store. So let me share with you. Let me share with you then six ways you can go about training your faith partnering with God, developing disciplines, habits, and lifestyles to intentionally seek him more and grow in your ways. Now on our website, fellowshipoffaith.org, we have a page, and it's called Faith Training. Why does it always have to freeze frame like on my image? My gosh, it's horrible. But you'll find a feature card right on our homepage at fellowshipoffaith.org that says faith training. And all you have to do is click the big red button. When you do, it'll take you to this specific page, and you can navigate there other ways as well. And I know it's small on the screen, but I got good news for you. You have a phone. And if you can't read it, you can go to fellowshipoffaith.org right now and see it right there in front of your face. In fact, I might even encourage you to do so and to play around and to navigate with some of this while I talk to you. I want to highlight six things, six tracks, six options, six different ways that you may want to go to develop your spiritual life. Now, if you're around this church for more than 90 seconds, you are going to hear the words version app come out of my lips. The first card that you see, the green on the screen, says version." And what this will do is take you to a simple screen describing an app that we encourage to put on your phone. I have a Bible. How about you? We believe here that the Bible is the word of God, that, that, that this is not just information about God and about God's history with people, but that God speaks through this, that the Holy Spirit somehow and in some way laces these words and communicates out of them and actually does something and affects something and accomplishes something in our life. Have you ever heard a word that's changed things for you? What someone has said, how they've said it, and it had such an impact on you, God has something to say to you. It's why we base ourselves and root ourselves in trying to listen to what God is trying to say out of this word. But you know what the problem with my Bible is? It's a pain to carry around. You carry yours around? Kind of shove that in your back pocket? There we go. Is that like normal life for you? Is it desired? 
What if you wanted to carry a thousand of these? And 10,000 Bible studies as well. And any translation imaginable at your fingertips with plans and systems to help you learn how to read the Bible. Because if you're a Christian, I don't have to tell you the importance of reading this. You know. And you know the party line. The problem isn't knowing it. The problem for most is doing it. And the problem with doing it is how to navigate it and where to begin. If I'm speaking to you today and that's an ongoing issue for you, check out the YouVersion app. Navigate that a little bit and see how you can so easily make the word of God a part of your life. Because I'll tell you this, without listening to God, your spiritual life really isn't going to go much of anywhere. The future that God has in store for you will never be realized if you are not regularly listening to him. Don't sell that short. Find the deeper life that God wants to instill in you. Now the second one, the orange one in the middle is this. It says, right now, media. Okay, I think this is going to work, but let's try it. How many of you like to read? Raise your hands. Oh, you raise your hands for that one, huh? All right. About half of you. What does that mean for the other 50%? There's been so many people I've met that we tell them that reading the Bible is such a key to hearing the word of God and they're just like, I just don't read well. Or I don't like it. Or it gives me a headache. Or I fall asleep. And then you do and it's confusing. It's complex. And you don't know what's going on. Let me ask you on this one. Let's see, we're, we're getting into good like hand motion. I mean, apparently we're excited about this today. So uh, who here has ever tried reading the Bible and you're like, I have no idea what is going on? Okay, about half of you. About half of you. Turn to those around you who didn't raise their hand and learn from them because they know it so well. <laughs> they haven't had that issue. But if you don't Have you ever had those moments going, wouldn't it be great if there was just like a pastor in my pocket? A Bible teacher right here that I could ask this from. Someone that I could access, someone that I could resource. Right now, media is the largest aggregate site of Bible teachings, classes, and videos that you can find on planet Earth today. I want to show you a brief video on this really quick, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit more today. Let's fire it up. Welcome to our study of the Gospel of John. I have fallen in love with the work of Paul as I've studied the book of 1 Corinthians, and I believe you will too. This is where Jesus taught in Capernaum. And you have to understand this scene. The Lord is my shepherd. And over the next six weeks, we're gonna look deeply into the 23rd Psalm. Right Now Media. It's for groups. It's for personal devotion. It's for parents. 
The bullseye of parenting is to raise children who become like Jesus. It's for kids. This is Phil. We're digging into the Bible, which, as we've mentioned, is more than just a book. It's for tough times. So when you recognize that you're trying to have a conversation with your spouse and they're not ready to talk, it's not helpful to keep pressing them. It's for every phase of life. If you've made mistakes with money, you know what that makes you? Over 12. And now, it's yours. We've purchased a Right Now Media subscription for everyone in our church. So check your inbox for the digital invitation and download the app for instant access to thousands of biblically-based videos. Get equipped. Get inspired. We've purchased a digital subscription for every single person connected fellowship of faith directly or indirectly. For you, even if this is your first time here. For you, even if you're casually listening in your car in Montana right now. For those of you who are in South Korea, in Egypt, in Kenya, who are joining us today. And for your friends. But you're not going to find an email invite in your inbox because we don't know them all. Those of you who have given it to us, you will. But go to our faith training webpage or QR scan it if you're here right now. And watch and learn from people who have tried to think through and wrestle through and learn about what God is doing in our married life and our relationships and our finances with our future in the midst of sin, teaching on Ecclesiastes, teaching on Job, teaching on 1 Corinthians, talking about key words like Messiah, thinking through concepts like atonement, from biblical theology out to here, to the narrowest studies of a singular verse at your fingertips with ease of watching YouTube. It's yours. And God says, will you work out and grow with me? Will you work out your spiritual life and engage with me and take it beyond Sunday morning? Let me share with you the third option. If you spend any amount of time here, we are a supporter and a mission partner with the Bible Project. Short little videos as well as podcasts and plans to get the richness out of the Bible. I have watched seven-minute videos on Bible Project that I have learned more from than full semester-length classes at seminary. And yet it is done winsomely and easily and spoken in a way that's creatively that you can access it right there. For the taking. You can play on this page. We have groups and house churches. We have FOF Plus, our own list of endless resources that we've developed here that you can use again and again. Archives of past Bible classes, archives of past messages, podcasts that we're doing, all right at your fingertips. And if this isn't an overwhelming option enough, 
personal spiritualized fitness plans as well. Because maybe as I put all of these even on the screen and you start to go through them and, and an interest starts to grow about maybe one to tap, even there you're like, where do I start? Which do I choose? What do I do? How do I break out of the stale pattern that my spiritual life seems to be in? I got good news. We have spiritual personal trainers here for you. That's actually what the REV prefix before my name means. I'm here to coach you, to help you. Come talk to me. Reach out to me. We'll sit down. We will tailor something specifically for you. See where I'm going with this? We're doing what we can to make it easy because that's how important your spiritual life is to us, to God, and hopefully to you. So it's a simple ask and it's a simple appeal and it's Paul's, not mine. Do something about it. Start today. Work it out. Work it out with fear and trembling, knowing God is at work with you and he is looking to take you someplace. And I tell you, the picture of what that is, well, with God I've learned, it's always beyond our wildest dreams. I hope you take them up on it. And I hope as a church we can help.